Hello, listeners, and welcome to the Kittitas Valley Sports Talk Podcast. We're your home for Wildcats, Bulldogs, Warriors, and Coyotes. The place to go for the latest sports news on all your favorite local sports teams. So sit back, relax, grab your favorite snack or beverage, and enjoy. Now here's your host for your Kittitas Valley Sports Talk, Luke Olson, John Gudat, and Eric Sorensen. Hello, Kittitas Valley sports fans, and welcome back for episode four of your Kittitas Valley sports podcast. I am Eric Sorensen, alongside with co-host John Gudat, the sports editor from the Daily Record, Luke Olson. Welcome, fellas, and welcome to another week of Talking Local Sports. More sports to talk about, plenty of storylines. Can't wait to uh, can't wait to discuss it. Absolutely. Uh, first off, we got to give a little shout out. We got our, our first podcast shout out from another podcast. Uh, if you have not heard of them, West Coast Clydesdales with hosts Drew Hill and Tony Quirk, both Central Football alumni. And uh, when you, we were kind of, I was curious what it was. And I was, I was checking out and I was texting Tony about it. Uh, we used to be old roommates together. Um, basically what he said, it's big guys taking on the world of endurance racing and triathlons and running events. Plus they're pretty darn hilarious. So if you guys ever get a chance, give them a, give them a listen. And uh, I think you will not be disappointed. Today, we are honored to welcome to the Big Country Studios our guest this week, Anthony Graham, head boys basketball coach at your Ellensburg High School for the Bulldogs. Welcome to the podcast, Anthony. Oh, thank you very much, gentlemen. Thanks for having me. Uh, what's up, Kittitas Valley? That's right. So what? this will be your second year coaching basketball at Ellensburg? This will be my fourth. Fourth year? Yes. Okay, yeah, perfect. I'm the year four now. Nice. So how's it looking? It's going to be good. You know, we lost uh, a lot um, going into the season. We lost uh, four starters. Uh, one of which was Steel Venters, who let us in, you know, block steals, rebounds, points, and assists. So, you know, there's some stuff to replace there. Um, three seniors. Uh, so we ended up losing probably about 50 points from last year, um, you know, which, which is a big deal. But as a coach, it's, it's also kind of exciting. You know, we got a lot of young guys that are uh, really itching to get going, put a lot of time in this summer, putting the time in right now, the ones that aren't playing football. Um, so I'm really excited to see how our seniors that return kind of mix with some younger guys. Um, and we got a lot of sophomores and freshmen that are, you know, kind of basketball first guys that are, are getting after it. That's awesome. Who, who are some of the guys you're excited about coming up? Um, you know, like I said, the one guy we have returning that is a starter is, is Hunter Gibson. Um, and, you know, he's just kind of our do it all. You know, he's the guy you put out there. We'll put him on, you know, the other team's best player and tell him, you know, get after it. Um, uh, Ryan Ferguson's going to be huge for us. You know, he's a starting quarterback at Ellensburg High School right now, um, but he's a big kid, athletic kid, and in our league, his size is is a problem for people. So um, I think yeah, he's just going to have a huge year for us. Um, but then, like I said, you got some young guys coming up, and Aiden Lewis and JT Fens that were freshmen last year didn't play very much, but they're going to be, uh, you know, a big part of what we do. Um uh, yeah, there's uh, quite a few guys, but I would say the seniors coming back to have that little more experience. We'll have some guys come up from the JV level last year that'll be seniors that are guards. Um, we're going to be drastically different in size. If you watched us play last year, we were massive. I mean, that was a big basketball team, um, which is wonderful, um, but it also prevents us from doing certain things. You know, as a coach, for me, I like to be able to pick up a little more full court instead of let, watch the point guard dribble the ball down the floor but at six seven six 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 four six six last year we know we just had to go about things a different way so i'm just kind of excited to be able to maybe rotate a few extra guys in um, and be able to get up and get after it a little more than we did last year so were you you're gonna have davis spencer back as well um 
I talked to Davis Spencer uh, yesterday, and uh, uh, as of right now, it sounds like after speaking with his father, uh, for those of you who don't know, Davis Spencer uh, was a senior this year, and he uh, signed to play baseball at the University of Washington. Um, so he, uh, um, I, you know, I'm, it was a hard decision for him, but it sounds like he's going to spend time kind of preparing for that and uh, love the kid to death, respect his decision. We're certainly going to miss him. I mean, he started for me the last two years. Um, but I'm just so, so very proud of him. And like I said, we're going to miss him, but I, I mean, I'm just so proud that he's going to get after it and, and, you know, prepare for his, his next step. But that's a, you know, that's a big loss for us. You're talking six, seven guy that's got two years of starting under his belt. Um, and like I said, just an absolute blast to coach. So yeah, we will miss Davis for sure. Coach, one question that I had is, I mean, when you, when you have a lot of turnover, um, lose a lot of incredible talent, um, clearly you're excited with the new challenge ahead. Do you have to sell that idea to the the guys that are uh, returning or the guys that are coming up or are they excited as uh, it's my time kind of now? Yeah, I think you nailed it right there. I think a lot of them are, you know, kind of more excited about the opportunities that are, are ahead of them now. Uh, you know, when you have a, a good, you know, great player like Steele, you know, he's kind of the, I mean, just like they had in Kita Test, right? I mean, he's kind of the guy and they look to him a lot where now this team, I think, you know, they feel like not only is there an opportunity on the team, but there's opportunity within the team to kind of grow themselves and they have to, I mean, they absolutely have to, you know? Um, so, you know, the feel I've got so far, you know, obviously I'll know a little more here in a few weeks, but uh, from the summertime and what they're doing now, the work that they're, they're putting in, I think a lot of them realize that, you know, there's an opportunity here um, for them to make a jump. And, um, and like I said, just more just the opportunities there. And as a coach, you know, you hear it all the time. I mean, being able to compete and, and have that uh, that battle day in and day out for spots and time, um, it just sure makes it fun for a coach to walk in the gym every day and have that competitive nature all the time. That's awesome. I bet you're going to have a lot of fun this year with the new blood. Yeah. Getting I, to get things going. You know, they're a, like as a coach, right? You're just you want attitude and you want effort, and this group is is full of it. Like I said, we got a lot of young, hungry kids. You're gonna mix them in. A guy I didn't mention that might surprise some people this year is Bryce Mesner. I know he's doing a great job on the football field right now. Bryce had a great summer. Um, you know, he's just big, strong, and I mean, you want you know we always talk about you know the heart of a champion is you hate to lose more than you like to win, right? And Bryce is that kid. He's quiet, doesn't say a lot, but he he like I said, he's gonna affect uh, affect a lot of what we do on the basketball court. And like I said, he'll, I think he'll, he'll surprise some, surprise some people. Yeah. I, I know it's early, but do you see somebody coming up like kind of to be that steal, kind of like that go-to score? Is it still pretty early to I mean, young, young team too? Young team going into next yeah. year. Um, it, it will be different. Um, like I said, Ryan is obviously just uh, his size alone is going to help us a lot. And being a senior, we're going to have to rely on, on him to make sure that, that he is putting the ball in the hoop for us for sure. Um, but what'll be fun and exciting for me is, is some of those younger guys. Like I said, we have two sophomores and Aiden Lewis and JT Fens that are going to have to pick up a lot of, 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 you know, the slack and a lot of those points that weren't there. And that's going to take time, right? You know, we're going to, they're going to start the season out. It's going to be, you know, that's going to be a learning curve playing at that speed and, and getting those minutes. Um, but they played a lot of AAU. They play a lot of basketball. So those are a couple of guys that, you know, I'm, I'm really looking forward to. And then there's some guys down there um, that, you know, we have a young guy in Gavin Mars that, you know, and who knows where he lands, but you're talking to six, seven freshmen, uh, uh, you know, and then you got a couple uh, other freshmen and Emmett Fens and you got, you know, Cade Gibson um, as a point guard that's coming up. And like I said, I don't know where those guys land yet, um, but there's a lot of, a lot of talent coming up. 
um, that, you know, the more opportunity we have to get them in and to get them started to get integrated, whether even it's just at practice where they're, they're playing full speed with the varsity, um, that's really going to help us in the future. Um, we have a junior in Christian Swanson that hasn't played any varsity yet, but he'll see a lot of time with his athleticism, what he can do for us defensively. Um, like I said, I think this year more so than it's, it's certainly since I've been here with having, you know, steel, uh, is it's going to be by committee and I think it'll be different guys every night. Um, like I said, for me, it's, it's a lot of fun. I know like going into, uh, you know, game planning and stuff like that and spending all the time I have already thinking about next season um, is last year we get to the season and everybody ran a gimmick defense against us. Right. I get it. You had steel and you had to take him out of it. So we went against box and ones, you know, triangle and two, so a lot of the things that you work on, we never even got a chance to to run. Where this year, I think, um, we'll, you know, not having him now, what just makes it to like you said, with these guys coming up, new opportunities, um, and the league not knowing some of these guys yet, you know, it'll just make it a little bit more fun to kind of in, in in regards of game planning and be able to do what what we want to to do with more guys because they're going to have to step up and do it. So I mean, as a coach, that's where you get excited, right? I mean, don't get me wrong. If, Steel was still around. We would not be complaining, yeah. uh, you know, because great kid, more uh, and you know, great player. But uh, there's just a lot of unknowns. But for me, like as a coach, that's just that's opportunity, and like that's that's exciting, really yeah. exciting. Around the league, I mean, obviously Elijah Pepper's gone. I mean, what's it look like? I mean, yeah, uh, you know, they they are the only team to beat us in league last year, and they did it twice. I think Prosser is going to be the best best team in the league if I had to guess. Uh, Hayden Hicks is a phenomenal athlete. I know he hurt himself in football, but uh, he'll be back in time for, for hoops. Uh, he's fantastic. Um, and then they have, you know, the transfer point guard and then they have a tall senior as well that help can help take away one of our strengths. Right. Uh, but I think Prosser, a uh, great coach and they do a really good job. Uh, from there, you can never forget about Sela. They're obviously, they lost some, some pretty solid players, but you got the, le- the brother, right? Yep. You got the league MVP there and Noah. Um, and then, uh, so they're always going to be good. I think there's teams that people might not be thinking about, like East Valley is going to be a talented. Toppenish is going to be talented. It's a very good league. I mean, year in and year out, um, you know, but I think uh, I think Prosser's right there at the top. And then I think it's going to be, you know, a league that kind of beats up on itself a little bit, you know, which is fun. But we have, I think we're the only league in the state where we play 18 league games. I mean, eight, that's tough. It, it's tough. Yeah. And then you get to districts and you have to play those same teams. You know, it's not like you're crossing over and playing anyone else. So it, it's it's a it's a different dynamic than you know other leagues, and it does make it tough. Especially you know as a coach, it would be nice to have some games and start working some of those guys in, like I was talking about. Um, whereas you know game one, you know we have Zilla, which is tough. But then yeah. I mean right then it's it's league. Like you you know you got to start winning because all those games really count. Um, so yeah, having an 18 league game season is it's a it's very difficult. So walk us through a path of your your path to Ellensburg coaching basketball. You're a Cleom guy, graduated from Cleom High School. Yes, sir. Yep, a Cleom graduate, uh, class of '99. Seems like a long time ago at this point. Uh, yeah, graduated '99. Uh, from that point, went down to Wenatchee Valley. Was hoping to play basketball down there, but uh, my grandma ended up getting ill, so I went down to Vegas to take care of her. Uh, when I uh, after she passed away, I moved back home uh, up to the Seattle area, and I got into the University of Washington. Sorry, Coogan Duck fans out there. That's um, right. We got a dog in the house today. Uh, uh, but yeah, so UW grab. While I was there, I was fortunate enough to uh, actually employ the coach um, 
of Sammamish High School um, in the, in the summertime when he wasn't in school. So uh, as we were there, just every day got into basketball conversations, and it got to the point where he asked me to come out and help him out. Um, started out just as a summer gig, and then I was his varsity assistant for for three seasons. Uh, but when my wife and I decided we wanted to move home, uh, we came back to Cleelm. She's a Cleelm lady as well, um, and so when uh, we moved back home. Uh, the Cleom job happened to just become available. Uh, like I said, it was it was perfect timing, it allowed me a chance to really break into head coaching um, and, instead of just being the assistant. Uh, and it was great. Like I said, first uh, first season was tough. We started out, you know, on fire. We were like three and two, and I, I thought I had it all figured out because uh, coaching thing was easy. And then we went, you know, one and fourteen, and I was humbled very quickly. Um, but it was uh, an amazing experience. Good first team for me to have. Great kids. Um, then from there, we just slowly got a little bit better. Uh, so I was there for three seasons, and then the Ellensburg job became available. Um, and there was no way I could I could pass up at least putting my name in the hat. Um, and then I was just so fortunate to actually uh, get the job. Uh, you know, I walked into a, a program that was successful the year before I got here. I know uh, we had lost the league MVP that year. He moved on. Uh, and, and Coleman Sparling, but I still had really good young talent and good seniors. You know, Steele was a sophomore then, and the seniors, you know, had played together a lot. So good first team to walk into. Um, and that first season was a lot of fun. Um, like I said, now I'm going on my fourth season. Um, one of the biggest reasons I, I came down to Ellensburg was the opportunity to build a program. And I've been fortunate that the kids have just slowly gotten on board. And like I said, going into year four, this is the first year that, you know, the freshmen only know me as their head coach. Um, so we just slowly see the culture just get a little bit better all the time. And that's been just, uh, you know, as a coach, just to take a lot of pride in watching that that happen because it, it it doesn't happen by accident and it doesn't happen very easy. You know, any coach will tell you it takes time for that to happen. But I'm really proud of where we are now and where we're headed. So, like I said, I love Cleelum, but couldn't be more proud to be the head coach of the Bulldogs. For sure. You know, like I said earlier, it's exciting to have your crew. This is you're the coach of it. Yeah, and no doubt. Your guys are getting excitement around the program, and that's even that's how you build your program with the young guys coming up. So you, what, what year did you graduate from UW, and then what would you graduate with? <laughs> so I graduated from uh, University of Washington in 2010. Um, and my I'm a double major in American Studies, so a history degree, and then Human Rights. You know, obviously a natural pathway to my current job of. Uh, head golf professional at Suncadia. <laughs> no, uh, you know, when I uh, was going through that, you know, I always thought I'd work at, you know, for, you know, nonprofit or, you know, something like that. But if you guys remember 2010, it was a, it was a little tough finding jobs anywhere, let alone nonprofit work. Um, but I've always been uh, in golf. I've always worked at golf courses. Um, and so, uh, like I said, that, that was just kind of a natural trajectory for me. Uh, um, and it allows me to do what I also love, which is coach is a big part of the, the job, you know, there's a big aspect of it is, you know, business running a golf course. But another aspect is, you know, talking people off the ledge and, and making them fall in love with with a game that is very difficult. So when, when did you enroll in the PGA program? Um, I pulled the PGA program about three years ago. Um, so I'm currently on level two and there's three levels and then you become a class A professional. Um, I had done it once before. Um and didn't make it all the way through because I ended up taking another job back then. Um, but it's nice to be back in. I actually head down to Florida here pretty soon for more education um, before the season gets rolling. Um, but it's uh, it's a really cool PGA does a great job, um, you know, creating golf professionals. And uh, so I'm really happy to be in the PGA. Um, it's just going to continue to to make me a, a better professional. And honestly, through some of that teaching, it, it'll it's 
it'll go into my coaching as well. The way that they approach everything, whether it's goals and objectives and all of that, they just have a way of approaching the business, which is going to help me also in my, my coaching realm as well. Okay. And did you, so you played growing up? I, I did. It's funny, yeah. you know, you say that because, like I said, I was a football, baseball, basketball guy. Um, up in Cleon, we used to have – it used to be nine holes, Sun Country. Now it's 18, and they do a great job uh, up there. But back then it was nine holes. Um, it was all mowed one length. It was no rough, <laughs> or, right? But it was a lot of fun, and we'd go out there and we'd play. Um, and then uh, when I really – where it took a turn for me and golf became, you know, a bigger part of my life was uh, – I talked about my grandma when I moved to Vegas to take care of her – when she passed away, you know, there's a lot of, you know, she was like my mom. So, uh, you know, when she passed away, you know, could have went a lot of directions, especially living in Vegas. But I, I, one of my good buddies was, um, a college golfer. And so we played quite a bit, but it was at that point I chose to like dive into that. I think I got a little, you know, ADHD or, you know, when I start like getting in, that was all I did. I worked and I played golf and I practiced and I worked and I, and then I started working in the golf industry and it just kind of took over. Um, you know, and it was a great release for me. Um, and it allowed me to really focus all my time on something constructive. Um, and never, you know, not a lot has changed since then. I mean, you know, I, I love the game and it, like I said, it kind of just took over and, uh, um, ever since then it's been, I've been in the golf industry. So you're saying you're the favorite for whenever we decide to schedule the kid S Valley sports talk golf tournament. No, my assistant, (laughs) my assistant, Brad Donahue, uh, my assistant Mm -hmm. golf, uh, basketball coaches coaches our jv um he's the favorite he's, the kid he can play he can play but i might be somewhere in there probably somewhere behind luke over here as well he can play a little bit as well he's our ringer so don't tell anybody so some big news coming out yesterday from central washington university head softball coach mike larrabee steps down as head coach to join the maryland staff that's a big loss for us um i mean congratulations to coach i mean when you have an opportunity to move to a a huge division one school like Maryland, you got to do it. And it sounds like he was doing it for family reasons as well. His uh, wife has followed him around his entire career and it's now time to choose her. So husband to husband coach, I, I applaud you. So, um, but his four years here, we go to, you know, the national tournament, the regional part of the national tournament twice wins, he wins 140 games to 68 losses. Um, so central was in, in my opinion, really, becoming a consistent presence on the national map. And with uh, Coach Larrabee, um, clearly he put them as a consistent presence year after year. And uh, so my hats are off to him. Uh, my hat is off to him. And those are big shoes to fill, whoever uh, fills that role. Oh, for sure. And that's, you know, Central's a pretty dominant in their softball. And hopefully we get the right and hopefully the kids are can handle this. That was kind of a big shocker. But hopefully there's it's still on the up and up there. A uh, little local high school scoreboard. Some big news coming out of Cleom with Cleom Girls Soccer. They routed Granger High School on Tuesday night, 9-3 with Grace Terrell and Grace Jackson accounting for seven of the goals. The Warriors are 6-3, and three, they're 4-2 and two in league, and they've relied heavily on these two. Uh, Grace Terrell is heading to Eastern Washington University to become an Eagle, and she's accumulated 26 goals in nine games. And Grace Jackson is going to be a Wildcat here at Central Washington University and is tallied 18 for the season. Yeah. That duo is, I mean, it's something else. Uh, when I covered the game last Thursday, I was uh, the photographer and I were standing behind uh, Jackson's uh, corner kick, and I was just thinking to myself, this is, you know, she's going to connect with Ter- Terrell here. And, of course, you know, Jackson hits this perfect slain and draw, and, ter- you know, Terrell comes in and soars in and gets the, the header. So 
yeah, they're, you know, they're going to miss them next year, but, you know, hopefully they can, that too can take them far this year at state. Well, if the weather holds tonight, it looked kind of crummy up there, but you reassured us it's pretty okay in Cleo Mary. Yeah. And what could go wrong? Right. Uh, they host Zilla tonight, 6 p.m. kickoff. I guess soccer's not a kickoff, but they're kick. It's kickoff. It we'll is go, a kickoff. We'll go with that uh, tonight. Uh, we're going to move on to Kittas Volleyball. They had a, a they were upset by Tri-Cities Prep last week, but they were able to bounce back win over White Swan uh, Thursday night. They advanced a 2-1 and one in league play. Taylor DeConian led the team with 15 kills. And, uh, yeah, I'd say Tri-Cities Prep snuck away with one there. Uh, that's a big win for Prep. Uh, let's move on to Cleon Volleyball. They dropped their match against Granger. Three games to none. They host Zilla today at 6.30. I'm assuming they're probably bringing the same bus with the soccer team. Uh, but they had to kid Tassis Thursday, the 10th, cross-county rivalry. Back in the day, we used to call it the Timothy Cup, at least in the kid locker room. Uh, maybe we can get a trophy going for those games or something for a cross-county rivalry. So if you're out at kid that way, head out there and check it out. Uh, Ellensburg Volleyball rolls past Prosser. The Bulldogs defeated Prosser Thursday night, three games to none. I'm sure... And they, they, the Ellensburg girls soccer team sent Prosser back with a loss. So that makes a lot of Ellensburg people pretty happy. Um, let's see. The softball team, next game is at Grandview. The girls soccer team defeated Prosser, like I just said, after falling for the first time in the season to CeeLo last Tuesday. Uh, the Ellensburg soccer team bounced back with a 3-1 to win on the road versus Prosser. The Bulldogs capitalized on two goals by Blake Johnson and one by Maddie Snow. Uh, the win puts Ellensburg at 6-1, and 1-1 one, one and one in conference, and will host Toppenish at 4 p.m. at home today, which is Tuesday. All right, now is the fun part of the week. We get into the high school football games. It's fall. We're starting to get colder out there. Uh, I actually got to see a good game last Saturday or Friday. I had to go over to the in-laws. Got to watch your alma mater, Luke. Kennedy Catholic play Enum Claw High School, and it was a, the University of Kennedy Catholic because they were good. They're, I think, pretty sure we saw D Lyman that will be playing on Sunday. Yeah, they have a they have a really prolific offense. I mean, they got Sam Heward obviously going you that know, dude one, can throw football, number one quarterback in his class in the nation. Uh, and they have so many like wide receivers. I think two of them have committed to Cal, and one's got an offer from USC. And I think actually one of the receivers has, I think he got an offer from Central actually. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, hopefully they can. Uh, you know, get something done before he words out of there. But, you know, I think they're, oh, they also have the, the kid from who transferred from O'Day, I believe, mm-hmm. and that, who just committed to Washington as well. He's uh, a top five. Smalls. Yeah. 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 So That's, that, that was pretty big for them. And I know defense has kind of been an issue. So, but it looks like they're kind of putting things together. Yeah. You know, if, if they can hold a team to 20 to 30 points, I think they'll, I mean, they're going to score 40 to 50 on every team. <laughs> There was something I saw there that I'm surprised we haven't seen in this valley. But when Enumclaw brought the starting lineups out, they announced the skills guys, and they brought the starting defense and offensive linemen out in a horse tra- or a stock trailer with smoke rolling. It was the coolest thing for a kid at Task Kid. We probably appreciate the heck out I of that. I saw your video, <laughs> and uh, I was like, "Are those hands coming out of the stock oh, yeah. trailer?" I had to. I watched it a couple of times, so yeah. it was cool. That's right. Cool. We'll get back to local. Cleon High School played Goldendale on Saturday, or Friday. They lost forty to nothing. Uh, again, we didn't see any details reported. Uh, this week they host the Highland Scotties, and I believe it's homecoming. If I if I am correct, I believe so. We you know we'll talk about it in our picks, but this is the one that gets Cleveland in the win column. I think you're right. Highland has not won a game this season. They've lost to College Place sixty to nothing, Wapato forty three to fourteen, Granger fifty three to six, 
They lost a, a juggernaut LaSalle 75 to 6, and they've lost a Zilla 55 to nothing. So I think it's going to be that time for Clem to get their first dub this season. On Saturday afternoon, Kittitas lost to Coopville 28 to nothing. Giovanni Ortega generated a second fumble within five minute span, and Jameson Walters came up with a pass interception, and the Greedy Coyotes defense generated three second half turnovers. But unfortunately, it wasn't enough to, to stop Coopville with a 28 0 loss. Uh, they play a six o'clock game this Friday, all time chains against a Soton, a tough a Soton. The Soton is 4 0. Um, that's going to be a tough one. Yeah, six o'clock kickoff. I'm assuming, assuming because a Soton is traveling from the middle of nowhere to get here. Yeah. So uh, an early kickoff, six o'clock once again. You know, I was at that game against Coopville, and uh, the first quarter we were stopping them. Uh, we weren't doing much on offense, but defensively, uh, we were doing well. And then um, I don't know if we just got tired or just the Coopville skill. Um, I will say, um, Giovanni Ortega, uh, Giovanni Sanchez, um, uh, guys like Kyler Federwish and uh, Jameson Walters, were, uh, you know, Catlin was trying to connect with them. So there was a lot of guys involved. We just couldn't get over the hump. And, uh, I know we, uh, you know, a small team in terms of numbers. And so we got some injuries. I saw another guy go down as well on Saturday afternoon. So hopefully Coach Hutch and the guys can turn it around. The other game in the Valley that was a big one, I think we all predicted correctly. Uh, Ellensburg knocked off East Valley 27 to 14. Brendan Swanson returned the opening kickoff 100 yards for a touchdown and to start a 21 point first quarter. Dion Hardman? Hardman. Hardman. Yeah. Added two rushing touchdowns in the first half. Special teams looked to be huge. Hardeman blocked a punt, and Wyatt Nelson recovered a ball in the end zone for a 14 to nothing lead less than two minutes into the game. Uh, let's see. One of the highlights was Ellensburg Ferguson was, is that right, five, five for nine five for 108 nine. yards? And then Swanson, along with his 100-yard kickoff, he also I think he had two catches for 79 yards. Dang. But, uh, yeah, it was a big game for Ellensburg. Uh, you know, special teams obviously was huge. You know, if you take away those – 14 points it could have been a different game but uh yeah it's a good one for Helensburg and they head down to Prosser you know that's usually a big game but Prosser doesn't have their you know Hayden Hicks you know obviously the the great basketball player for the Prosser basketball team but uh yeah they're without him at quarterback so uh, you know I, I think it'll be a good game for Helensburg to go down there and get a win see last week they're that Caden Riviera Rivera he didn't come in and had a pretty good game 427 yards for Prosser Four touchdowns to beat Grandview, but I think Grandview's probably down. Uh, this will be a fun matchup, a good opportunity for Ellensburg to go beat what would consider a rivalry in football. Oh, there's no question. I just think anytime Prosser, I mean, especially in football, I would say Prosser's always been a very good football team, right? So, yeah, Ellensburg going down there. And you guys have talked about it, but you got to give it up to Ellensburg, whoever scheduled those games. They're probably one of the better two and three teams in the state. They just really had a, a preseason that, you know, make some battle tested for this. So yeah, I don't think there'll be any fear heading down to, to Prosser taking the Mustangs off. That's right. Prosser's lost to Sunnyside, West Valley Yakima. They beat afraid of 30, nothing. They beat Sela 30, nothing according to Max preps. Uh, and last weekend they beat Grandview 35, 13. They are two and O top of the CWAC South while Ellensburg's tied for first with Othello in the North at two and O. So let's move on to the college ranks here in the Valley. A couple teams we haven't talked much about yet, but central volleyball, had a rough uh, go up in Alaska. They lost to Alaska Anchorage 3-0, and they lost to Fairbanks 3-2. Uh, right now, Central is in fifth place in the GNAC with a 3-3 three three record. And unfortunately, 
the team leading the GNAC and volleyball is the much hated Western Washington University Vikings, which when we have our Western series, we'll have a fun podcast about that. You know, it, it, those three teams you mentioned, Western, Anchorage, and Fairbanks. So Western, I believe, lost in the national final last year. They ranked second again this year. Uh, Anchorage and Fairbanks. Anchorage is always toward the top in, in the GNAC. Fairbanks is, in my opinion, coming out of nowhere. They were, It seemed like they were always kind of in Anchorage's shadow. Um, that Fairbanks match, I was kind of watching the live stats, and that was, I mean, I was kind of a nail biter and I wasn't even watching the video, mm-hmm. just watching the live stats. So um, I, I'd like to see him bounce back. Uh, love to watch him play at home. It's just incredible talent when they play at home. Funny you say watching them at home because they come back home this week at Nicholson Pavilion uh, tonight, Tuesday night, they match up with Northwest Nazarene at 7 PM and they host Montana state university Billings Thursday at 7 PM as well. Last Tuesday uh, we had an unfortunate one. I was watching it on my phone uh central wildcat soccer lost to western washington university i apologize that was on thursday i got my notes because we had a good seahawk game we won the game and then we lost to western so it was a bittersweet night uh but they did rebound and beat saint martin's two to nothing um this next saturday they play at concordia in portland at 4 p.m well it was a, I was following some retweets of Luke and I was trying to hit the live swing or live stream from Central's football game down in Texas that for a while I was kind of thinking, uh-oh, this isn't looking good. But then what it what was it, a fourth quarter comeback and they only lost 48-41. I was a pretty Central scored 24 four, 24 points in the fourth quarter to almost make a miraculous comeback. Yeah. It looks like obviously they put Christian Moore in, you know, re- replaced the freshman and uh yeah, Christian Moore did really well. Um, I think he almost threw around 350 yards, 339 with four touchdowns. Um, so we'll see if this is his, you know, maybe he'll get the the nod this week for Azusa Pacific. But uh, I mean, it was a pretty good comeback by the Wildcats. Obviously, you know, the deficit was too, too much too early. But uh, yeah, and then obviously Michael Roots uh, had another great game. I mean, I think he has almost 800 yards on the year with a 200 and something yard performance. Um, but yeah, yeah. Michael Roots, twenty-one attempts for two hundred seven yards on Saturday. So I hate to think like this, but Roots clearly is uh, the workhorse. What are we gonna do if he gets uh, hurt or banged up or something like that? I mean, you never want to think negatively like that, but I mean, he's he's been our most consistent performer, and I think he was close to hundred yards receiving too. Um, in addition to the 200 yards he had on the ground. And so, yeah, he had three receptions for 84 yards and one touchdown receiving. I don't know, but that guy is, that guy's incredible. So potential all first team GNAC. Oh, definitely. All American mention. He's not, I have no idea why he wouldn't be. I know it's premature to say that, but we got still a half season to go, but he's incredible. He's a stud. And if you haven't got out there watching yet, you have your opportunity this Saturday, man. What a fun one. We kind of had this one built up beginning the season. This matchup, Azusa Pacific comes to town, 6 p.m. start. Uh, Azusa was the co-GNAC champs last year. Currently a 3-1, and one, losses to West Texas A&M, Missouri S&T, and they lost a conference foe, Western Oregon, which we that, it was, we thought it was upset at the time, but turns out Western Oregon is pretty good this year. Um, last Saturday, they beat Simon Frazier 38-12, but, I mean – Let's be honest. Simon's going to finish fourth in our GDL. They will. They will. And but 
you know, what do you guys think about the uh, Azusa Pacific coming in? I just think that, uh, you know, that when they're one in three, um, when they lost to Missouri S&T and no disrespect to Missouri S&T, but they're, they haven't been known for their football program. I, I realized right then and there that uh, this wasn't going to be the year for Azusa Pacific, either that, or it was just like the most random big loss that they've ever had. And so um, I, I'd like to see, you know, I don't want to say it's one of those things where somebody's going to have to win, but Central's at home. Um, it's homecoming. So uh, a little bit more rides on that. So uh, again, we'll talk about it in our picks in a little bit, but uh, I see Central uh, getting the victory here. But when I mention homecoming, that actually relates to you a little bit there. Country. It does. Um, tell me a little bit about what's going on. So this comes into one of my favorite weekends of the year for me. Uh, about four or five years ago, we started doing the alumni game for Central Baseball. And it was it's awesome. And we we're so pumped to do this again. It's fun to get caught up with the dudes. It's the same stories every year. And sorry, Des, but they're the same stories about you. And it doesn't matter how old you are. You can run into a Central alumni that 25 years ago or however long when he, when he started. And it, they're great stories. Uh, the, the central guys that they all talk about the claw when Desi's pointing at us, you know, but we get to play our alumni game this weekend out at the baseball field about 12 o'clock start. And actually we are going to be joined here in a second by alumni that's helping put it on and schedule things. Scott Parrish, the head baseball coach at Colfax high school. And uh, we look forward to that interview here in a second over the phone. So we talk about like our picks to win that, that we're going to announce here in just a second. Can you give me the over and under on on how many ripped hamstrings we're going to have there of, of the alumni? Uh, let's see. There's probably going to be 20, 25 guys. I mean, I so see I, you. You're still in perfect <laughs> shape, as am I. It's going to uh, be – But we're going to need to be sponsored by an arm surgeon when this thing's over with. Okay? <laughs> we're going to pull probably, I'd say, over 10 hamstrings. Pretty okay. safe bet. And some more other muscles pulled when everybody's trying to go yard every time. I understand that. I do have to give a shout-out. Ryan Hastings, my assistant coach at Kids Has Baseball. Central Baseball alumni, the first three years, he had a, a legit home. It wasn't inside the park. He hit it actually over the fence. And the thing about it is he was a pitcher in college. And, and sorry, Ryan, but pitchers are not athletes. <laughs> he hates it when I say that. So so without further ado, let's welcome Scott Parrish to the line. All right, Valley Sports fans, we are joined by a special guest of ours, Scott Parrish, Central Baseball alumni. Colfax High School head baseball coach Scott, thank you for calling us today. No problem. So it's homecoming weekend. It's probably one of the most fun weekends of the year when people come back to Central alumni game. Let's start off with why did you choose to go to Central? Um, I went there out of high school. I really didn't have a lot of options at high school, um, and then I had some family ties. My brother played there. Brother. I previously coached there, so chose Central because um, it was kind of one of two options. And then I actually left and went to Big Community College. And then after that was over, that two years was over. I had a couple other options, some, some different doors had opened, all Division Two, all kind of spread out throughout the country. Uh, and when it came kind of down to it, is all of them were similar schools. Uh, I think one of them actually had maybe a warm climate opportunity. Um, but really, it, it kind of came back to if they're all very similar, they're all going to compete at the same level and all have kind of the same opportunity to to get to a World Series, and I may as well play as close to home as possible. So mom and dad and my brother and family and friends and stuff would 
to catch my game. So that's kind of where I ended up going back and, and leaving my, my year, my last year at Big Ben. Um, Central had, you could kind of start seeing some things changing out there. Um, and, and it looked like it was changing in a positive way. And, and so I felt comfortable going back there and, and being a part of it. <laughs> that's awesome. I know I can remember you were warming up for a game when I took my visit to Central. And uh, that was always, I always remember that. Uh, what's your favorite part? What's that? I said, you're going to bring that up? I had to bring it up, man. I remember you telling me okay. you can use this ball to throw your bullpen, but give it back. <laughs> 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 so what's I'm your uh, lasting impression? You, oh, I will never forget uh, that. What's your favorite part of the alumni game when you come up for the weekend? I like seeing all the guys. Like used to, it used to be when I was younger, getting on the bump and going against the team, but I don't think I offer much in that regard anymore. And it's mostly a long, painful day afterwards. Uh, so it, it's become more about just seeing, seeing some of those guys that come back that were from that first year I was there. I just played with my brother. Um, that were kind of like big brothers to me, and they still treat me like that, even though I'm 37 years old. Uh, and then also, you know, being able to see some of the guys that, that were there when I had a little bit more of an integral part of, of Central Baseball in my junior senior year. Um, and it looks like, you know, I'll see some guys, some guys from my team that will come back. And then over the years, guys like you and some of the guys on the younger teams, um, and, and creating a relationship through alumni weekends. And now, you know, getting excited to see guys like you. I know Wade's not going to be there, but he's, uh, some of those guys in your class have become, you know, friends of mine, uh, through this process. And so it's made it kind of special to get back there and see those guys, even if it is once a year. Yeah, that's awesome. I know I, I talked earlier in the episode that it doesn't matter how old you are or what years you played, the stories are always going to be the same about Desi. Yep, absolutely. Well, Scott, I like thank you for taking time. I know you're busy running the, the gym you just started or purchased, and you're the owner now. That's awesome, and and we look forward to seeing you this weekend. Thanks, Scott. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks, man. All right, now's the fun part of the segment, at least for us. I hope Hopefully, you listeners enjoy it. Uh, the picks of the week for the football games. Last week, Luke had a miraculous comeback. You started off bad. Sorry, but it was bad. And then you came back and completely flipped that record. I think you were two and six. And then last week, you were five and two. So congratulations. Yeah, thank you. It just takes time. That's that's not a sprint. Yeah. Marathon. It takes time and luck. Absolutely. Uh, John, last week, you were three and four. But we're going to get better at that. It's the strongest three and four record you're going to see right there. <laughs> and I was four and three. Our guest picker, Jonathan Gordon, was four and three as well. Good news is the guys in the league are above 500 because I was told last week that's not good by Mr. Gudat. Yeah. The same guy who told you that a nine to nine 500 record is not good is now 11 and 14 on the season. Um, yeah. It's an embarrassment. It's an embarrassment right there, and you're going to see me uh, bounce back right now. That's all you need. I'm sitting in first place. Actually, I'm tied with Luke for first place with 13 and 12. Total guest picking is 9 and 6. Numbers are flawed a little bit because they didn't pick on the first one, but we'll go with percentages. And sorry, Phillips, Mr. Gordon knocked you off the pedestal, but you were first place because you were the first one. So this week's picks, we'll go through to my left, Luke, the first game of the week picking. Ellensburg at Prosser. I'm taking Ellensburg. I think they go down the road and take a win. I'm going to pick Ellensburg as well. It's going to be a, a, a tough one, but again, we've talked about it. 
um, in all of our podcasts. Coach Graham talked about it again today. We are very much a, a tested team. I know Prosser is as well, but I'm going to take Ellensburg. I'm going Ellensburg as well. I think uh, it's not too hard to get up to go on the road and play Prosser, so I think it's going to be a battle, but I'm going Ellensburg. I'm going to go with Ellensburg as well. I think they're, like we said, they're a tough non-league schedule, and I think they're ready to roll through their league. The next game on Friday night, 6 o'clock start, a Soton comes to Kittitas. Who you got? Uh, I'm going with a, a Soton, unfortunately, but uh, yeah, I think they're you know they're four and zero, and Kittitas kind of struggling right now. I think I think the, the Coyotes are going to fall this week. Four and zero, a Soton, a very tested a Soton team. Um, I will acknowledge uh, this is my heart picking. Um, I'm going to go with Kittitas in the biggest upset special of the year. Oh, babe. I like that. Uh, you know, I really hope I'm wrong because I'd like to see the Coyotes get a huge win, but I'm going to go with the Soton as well. I can't stand losing to a Soton. We've done it twice in the first round of the baseball playoffs. And so they're going to come in confident. It's a really long bus ride. It's got to be over four, about four hours, three and a half, something anyways. Uh, Kittitas is going to knock them off and shock the world on Friday night, baby. Let's go get them, boys. Uh, the next game we got, Highland at Cleom. I'm taking the Warriors here. I think they're going to get their first win. You know, Highland's kind of struggling as well. But, I, you know, home, I, th- I believe it's homecoming game. I think, uh, I think the Warriors are going to get this win. I'm going to agree with you on that one. Um, Highland hasn't been known for their football program. And uh, Cleom's going to get their first dub of the season. Yeah, I'm going Cleom, which is exciting. That's a program and a group of kids that have uh, played really hard, and they're out there giving everything they have. So I would sure love to see the Warriors pull out a, a W and see some smiles on those kids' faces. Absolutely. I'm going with the Warriors. I picked against you the last two weeks, but you're going you're gonna to come through for us this week. All right, head to college football. Homecoming matchup, Tomlinson Stadium, 6 o'clock Saturday night, Azusa Pacific at Central. I'm taking Central. I think they're uh... – I believe they're going to roll with Christian Moore, and I think he kind of gives us or gives them a little momentum with a new quarterback. Uh, and you know, Michael Roots is running running his tail off, so I think they're going to. I think they're. I'm going to say they're going to win by ten. I'm going to say uh, Central as well. Uh, they're going to win at homecoming. Um, I'm also going to say, you know, they'll win by thirteen, and Roots will go for 150, and uh, he'll get to the house twice. I'm going to go with Central as well. Uh, like Luke, I think they've maybe found something there in the second half, especially that fourth quarter uh, with Azusa maybe you know down a little bit, uh, being at home, going Central. Uh, homecoming weekend, I'll be icing my hammy in the alumni tent, watching Central Wildcats completely annihilate Azusa is my prediction. We're going Wildcats big in that one. Go Wildcats. Next big game that has, you know, I guess it's not a league game, but Western Oregon goes down to Texas A&M Kingsville. I think that's going to be a really fun matchup. I wish that would be televised if it isn't already. It'd be a fun one to watch. Who you guys got between those two? Uh, I'm going to take Western Oregon. They're kind of obviously the GNAC favorite right now, and they're kind of riding this momentum. Yeah, I think the Wolves take that one. Yeah, I'm going to go with Western Oregon as well. Um, Kingsville is a very difficult place to get to. Um, No easy place. um, drive and it requires buses and and uh, airplanes and everything like that. It's probably going to be ninety eight percent humidity down there as well. But I just think Western Oregon. I think this is their this is their year. 
Yeah, if I'm being honest, I don't know too much about Texas A&M and <laughs> Kingsville, but I do know Western Oregon's you know, a heck of a football team, so I'm going to go with the Wolves as well. All right. Well, everybody picked Oregon. Being a Coug fan, I don't like Oregon, and I don't like Western Oregon baseball. So Texas A&M, Kingsville, and hopefully this one gets my stats up on my record. Uh, the next one, which I am bummed I will not be there, but the Cougs go to Arizona State Saturday. I believe it's a 12 o'clock kickoff. Who you got? Uh, I'm going to take the Cougs. Yeah, I'm just going to go. I'm going to take my heart here and roll with it. Um, <laughs> You know what? You can hear and see the hesitancy with me. I don't know what it is. As, as magical as last year was, I have no idea what's going on with Cougs. Um, Arizona State, they seem to be, you know what? I can't think about it. I'm, I hate to say it. <laughs> I'm going with the Sun Devils. Yeah, I'm not one of those uh, dogs that, that hates the Cougs. I actually cheer for them every day except for one. Um, but with the turmoil that seems to be happening in the coaching staff and stuff, I'm just not really sure what's happening either. Mm. So I, I always think it's tough in the desert, so I'm going to go with ASU as well. That is a good point. Turmoil, Tracy Clay stepping down. I didn't believe it on Friday when I saw the articles I've read this week, though, says that the, maybe that was the problem. Maybe he was trying to overcomplicate. They moved a bunch of starters around on defense, and they said the depth charts completely changed, and guys that started in certain spots last year are back in that spot. I'm going to go with the Cougs. I think there's it's going to be a great game. When you're scoring 50 and 60 points and you're still losing or at least battling, right? something needs to change. So Maybe this is it. We don't know. Well, if you are down there for the Coug game, which I don't think you'd ever want to leave Tempe if you haven't been there, it's a great place to be. It's a lot of fun. But you could hop in your car, drive about an hour or so to, ten, or to Tucson, and watch the dogs take on University of Arizona. 7.30 kickoff. This is a tough one. But the Huskies are kind of struggling. You know, I'm going to go with the Huskies. I think they're going to – like. You know, it was a tough loss at Stanford. I, but I think they've lost at Stanford, like, last six years. But uh, they still have a you know a pretty good team. And, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the dogs. Honestly, had they not lost to Stanford, um, I I would have been a like maybe a pick them on this one because I think Arizona is pretty pretty decent this uh, this week. But that was definitely probably the most embarrassing loss of the Peterson era, and uh, so I, I I can't see them not bouncing back in a big way. Go Docs! Yeah, I'm gonna go with the heart, and I'm gonna <laughs> go with the dogs. But I got to be honest, it's not a very uh, confident pick. Um, they're having some troubles offensively. I think they hit one wide receiver the entire game. Um, they've lost 13 to 14 in the desert, whether it's Arizona or Arizona State. So they're traveling down there. Um, so there's a lot stacked against them. But I'm with you. After the loss last week, I'm guessing these practices have probably got them back in focus. Uh, so I'm gonna go with the dogs. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with you in the dogs. I think Jacob Easton finally found some touch during practice this week. And it's not going to be ricocheting bullets off his receiver's hands. Coach, did you say we've lost 13 out of the last 14 down there? 13 out of the last 14 in the desert. Yep. Are you trying to change your know that at, uh, <laughs> you know, before. Right now, but thanks. I'm going to stick with the dogs. There you go. I think they're going to pull it out. Washington sweep in Arizona this weekend. Uh, the last game we're going to pick, they had a big win Thursday night against the Rams. The Hawks are heading to Cleveland to play the Baker, Baker, touchdown maker Browns. He's bad, though. <laughs> after yeah after watching that game i mean that's i don't know how you cannot go with the seahawks here if you're picking with your heart or looking at the stat sheet but yeah you know russell wilson's on fire right now he's you know he's the best best quarterback in the nfl right now to me i'm sure to a lot of other people but 
you know, they still go on the road, but I, I, yeah, I think they're going to, they're going to win convincingly. You say Baker, Baker, touchdown maker, but not on Monday night football. <laughs> that guy got skunked big time. And, uh, uh, I don't know if we're going to keep the Browns out of the uh, end zone, but the Hawks are going to win pretty convincingly, I think. Yeah, I'm going with the Hawks, and I'm with Luke. I think we got a special guy at quarterback. And, I mean, you look around the league at some of these teams and what they would be if they had him. I think we just got to appreciate that he's ours, but I'm going with the Hawks as well. Yep, I'm going with the Seahawks. I'm torn between it's either going to be a blowout or the Seahawks are going to drive the field and score at the last minute. Uh, it's a tough trip going back there, but I don't think the dog pound is going to be very happy when this game's over with. Uh, okay, we'd like to thank everybody for listening to another episode. If you have not already, please check us out on Facebook. Twitter and Instagram are up now uh, by searching KDS Valley Sports Talk. Good luck to all our local teams. Get out and support our local athletes and have a great week, everybody.